0: Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Allison McNamara, founder and CEO of Mara, the algae-based clean skincare brand now sold at Sephora. Allison started her career in TV as a host and journalist on Pop Sugar and E before pivoting to skincare after inspiration on a trip to Turkey and the Sea of Mamara. Mara launched in 2018 with just one product, Universal Face Oil, and is now a cult favorite by everyone from Chrissy Teigen to Hailey Bieber and me. I love her products. In this episode, we talk about Allison's career transition from the entertainment industry to beauty, including her favorite celebrity interviews while working in TV, the benefits of working closely with PR, which gave her a unique perspective on what brands were looking for and how to communicate effectively, and ultimately the steps she took to develop and launch her skincare line. Allison shares the importance of tapping into her intuition launching with confidence, brand building, her favorite skincare tips for glowing skin, along with her favorite wellness hacks to feel her absolute best. This was such a fun conversation. Keep listening to learn more. It's officially oatmeal season, and I'm so excited to share that you can find our Purely Elizabeth oatmeal products at select Walmart stores, just in time to get cozy with a warming breakfast. You can find our blueberry flax oatmeal multi-packs and dark chocolate chunk oatmeal cups in the cereal aisle. Our gluten-free instant oatmeals are made with organic oats combined with five superfood grades and seeds for a delicious taste and texture. Our packs and cups make for an easy breakfast, snack, or dessert, and they're also perfect to take on the go. Click the store locator in the show notes to find a Walmart store near you. Happy oatmeal season and happy shopping. Allison, welcome to the
1: podcast. It's so lovely to have you on today and meet you, and I'm so excited to hear your story. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm a big fan of yours as well, so...
0: Wonderful. Well, let's start with what you were doing before you started, Mara, as you were in the entertainment industry, something totally different. Would love to hear what you were doing. Did you always think that would be your career path? Or did you know I was going to divert elsewhere?
1: You know, I, I did go to school for journalism. And I always, from as early as I can remember, wanted to entertain people. I love storytelling. And whether that was acting or plays or doing long form poetry contests. I just knew I loved being in front of people. And so when I got to college, I I learned that broadcast journalism was actually something that you could study. You know, I grew up watching E! News and the Daily 10 and so many of those amazing entertainment news shows that I look forward to every night. So decided kind of to pivot from what I thought I was going to do, which was doing some more like political analyst type on camera work to entertainment. And I got to intern at E and MTV and it was so profound. It really shaped kind of like my formative years of college. And I just knew I wanted to be in that industry somehow or be in a way where I got to connect with people. So after college, um, it took a little bit of time, but I did start working on camera as a reporter pretty quickly for Pop Sugar and grew with that career. I went from doing small daily entertainment and fashion news shows to hosting a um, live to tape TV show. I had different shows on the FYI network and ABC, and I really was living out my, my dream life. But then it was also coming at a time when People weren't t- tuning into news the same way they used to. You know, they weren't waiting until 6 p.m. to watch E! They were getting it on Instagram. Those all these were Instagram-
0: such great w- days, though, when we were.
1: <laughs> I know. You know, I remember even getting, like, a Star magazine or an Us Weekly magazine, like, waiting until that would drop and going to the newsstand yeah. and getting that. And that was kind of, like, your fix for the week. And so that all changed really while I was in my growing years of my early career. So I kind of had to repivot and figure out, like, what I wanted to do as these shifts were happening. And beauty's always been in my blood. You know, it's something that my family's done while I was growing up. And it's something that I was always super passionate about. So kind of ventured on this journey as a side hustle. It was like the era of the side hustle that was like, you know, that was like the the term that they were using in like the 2015, 16 era. So I started doing this and now I'm so happy to be where I'm at now. And I still feel like I get to touch a little bit of what I used to do by doing things like podcasts and interviews and promoting the brand. So it feels like it all wasn't in vain. Yeah,
0: totally. What a fun journey though. Okay, so I have to ask, what was one of your favorite interviews that you ever did?
1: There are so many, but I think the one that I got the most excited for was interviewing George Clooney. That's just someone that you grow (laughs) up watching and like my mom loves him and I love him. So that was a really cool experience. I think just the really iconic actors and actresses are the ones that I got the most excited by. Um, Another one was Angelina Jolie. I interviewed her in 2012, I think it was at the Salt premiere, and that was like a huge bucket list because I grew up watching her and just idolizing her. Amazing was her skin in person. I mean, this was 10 years ago, but I mean, even then, she looked flawless, and she she just like ages backwards. She looks incredible. So. So I'm sure it
0: was so many amazing experiences and a lot of learning lessons in that industry. What have you really taken from that work that you've now taken into launching your own business because I'm sure there's been so many nuggets that have been helpful along the way.
1: There have been so many crossovers but I think the most powerful one that I had in my toolbox when I was starting Mara was the fact that I would also write our shows, you know these like short and long form shows for Pop Sugar. And I was writing so many a day. So sometimes we were shooting eight to 10 small wow. segments or a 30-minute show. I was writing those. And so it, it taught me how to communicate ideas punchy and very quickly to the end consumer. And I think that kind of rigorous boot camp of writing every single day made, um, you know, the whole ideation of Mara and the way of communicating our education to the customer. Pretty easy for me. Like, I was very clear on what on the messaging. So, a lot of people have to hire copywriters or they go through like fancy marketing agencies. To this day, I still do all of the copywriting, naming, and like, yeah, I love it. That's my favorite part. I mean, I get so excited. I get to do so little of what I actually (laughs) really, really love to do because that's actually what I'm good at. And as you know, as a business owner, you know, the fun stuff is really only 5% of your daily, even not even daily, 5% of the total pie. You know, you're doing so much more operational. So, I think that's probably the part that I definitely had um, a leg up on. And I think the other one would be being in media, you know, being on the receiving end of pitches, because I would get pitched from beauty brands, fashion brands, you know, every day about being included in our stories. I think working closely with our PR team and just knowing the messaging of the product that the PR team is going to then be pitching out was really vital. And to this day, I still receive so many press releases. So I think that has been really helpful to kind of understand what people are looking for and how to communicate it.
0: So you really honed in on what your superpowers are and how you're utilizing them today I hope in the so. business. <laughs> I hope so. Sounds like you have. All right, so that's through the inspiration. So things were changing in the industry for you. You had family, and what was your family doing in the beauty space?
1: So my dad worked at a variety of consumer product goods companies, specifically in beauty and cosmetics. Growing up, so it was really fun, especially having a dad who like love to talk about makeup and skincare. I mean, there's like nothing better. Right. So we were always talking about marketing in general. He would always ask us so many questions about what's cool. What do you think of this? Is, is this a good face wash? Do you like the way that we're, Do you like the colors of this? So I think that was, that was fun. Early, yeah. So fun. Like I think about that and like, wow, I'm such a cool, I do have the coolest dad, but such a cool job to share with like two daughters. Cause I have a sister too. So that's amazing.
0: Okay, so things are changing. You have the background of your family. And then what really was the catalyst to, to start to move forward and the inspiration and in starting the brand?
1: Well, I had the idea in 2015 on a trip that I took with my family. And I really took the um, when I was able to get the name trademarked, I was able to also get the Instagram and the website, I kind of took that as a sign that I should just really go forward with it. But also, I think I had both feet in, in a way, but I also was smart about it. So I didn't take on um, any sort of capital when I started the business outside capital. So I continued my jobs as well. So I was you know, working for myself at the time. I have another business called a McNamara Inc that did everything from copywriting to Instagram work to uh, consulting. And so I kept that going like as my main job until like two years ago. So that was three years in after launch. So I think it was really important to be very clear minded about where Mara was going, but also be financially secure myself. So that didn't give me worry as I was working on this. And it was really hard. You know, I think people glamorize having the side hustle, but I, I mean, I still work crazy hours, but especially when I was working the two full-time jobs, that was really, really tough, but rewarding. So.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's so important to, to, Think about what that looks like. Because for some people, it can be doing two things. Some go like head first and and it could show up in a variety of ways. And it's however you
1: feel comfortable at the time, certainly. So where did the name come from? So Mara is the last four letters of my last name. So my last name is McNamara, um, but it's pronounced Mara as a brand. And Mara means sea in Gaelic. I'm an Irish citizen. And the actual name was inspired by the sea of Marmara. I was on a trip to Turkey. And I just thought Mara, that would be the, a really cool name for this kind of brand that I was already starting to put together in my mind. And again, like I love storytelling. So I plan to do it around the ocean and very minimal and like heritage feeling. And so everything just kind of fell into place. And the easiest part of the whole journey, honestly, was the branding and the naming. Everything else was really tough. <laughs> but that part came together very nicely.
0: Wow, that's incredible. I love how all those signs just pointed together so seamlessly.
1: Yeah, I'm big on like gut feeling too. So I think when things are like easy, the world's giving you signs that you're kind of going in the right direction. So I really ran with that intuition. That's funny for me,
0: actually, when I started thinking about what the name would be, my family was all together. I actually wasn't with them. And in one afternoon, like in 10 minutes, they sat around and someone came up with the name purely Elizabeth. I wasn't there. They called me and they're like, what about this? And I was like, yes, that's it. I just knew in my gut that that was the right thing. So Sometimes it's those gut moments and then everything else was hard, but the naming was easy.
1: Yeah. See, if you know, you know, and it's so perfect for your brand too. And I think those brands, you can really tell when there's like a lot behind the name and the meaning. And I love that. I love when there's like more of a story than just, you know, going to a creative agency and having them come up with something for you. I think both ways can be beautiful, but I do love when there's a little bit more personality behind a brand name.
0: Totally. So you talk about intuition. What are some ways that you tap into your intuition and use it today?
1: So this is ever changing, right? I I feel like if I would have answered this a few years ago, it would have been different. But right now I'm really into listening to frequencies. So I've been listening to the 432 frequency, which is positive vibrations. And I usually kind of play that as I'm falling asleep.
0: And Um, you just go on like Spotify and play 432 list or...
1: Great question. I get asked this all the time. So I should clarify. So I use this app called Better Sleep. And you can kind of pair frequencies with different sort of sounds. So I love a, a deep, I think it's called deep brown noise. So I put deep brown noise with a little bit of the 432 frequency. And I just let that play on my phone relatively close to my bed, not too close. And I love that just kind of in the distance. And I kind of try and do like visualizations as I'm falling asleep. So that's one way. But then I think with your intuition, you just have to kind of let your like give yourself time to be alone. I love like just going on long walks and without music, without my phone and kind of letting like your inner, inner voice kind of show through because I feel like as business owners and as people we're bombarded with so many other people's opinions all the time. So sometimes it's important to just kind of, whether it's a morning walk with your dog, that's phone free, whatever it is, just kind of being alone with your thoughts. So I think it's really important to be able to harness your own intuition.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think it's hard as... The years go on in the business, at least I found for myself, I felt much more like gut feeling intuitive earlier on than I went through stages of feeling. And maybe it's to your points. like you have so much coming towards you, so many people giving your opinions that you almost get lost in that. So getting to those routines of getting back into it is super important.
1: Definitely. And I think you're right. Everything ebbs and flows. So I think, and I do think at the beginning, it is easier to rely on your gut for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's get back to the beginning for you. So what was it like launching? So you have this idea, you got the branding down, the easy part. Now comes the hard part of what is the product? How do you formulate and source and all of that, which I know it's not as easy as not that food is easy, but you can at least like go in your kitchen, mock up a couple of things. It's easier. What is the process like for you?
1: There's so many different ways to do it. We ended up using a completely separate cosmetic formulator since we own our, our formulas. So worked with an independent team to develop clinically, you know, the products that we created and that did take a long time, but I was pretty specific in the ingredients that I wanted. I knew I wanted moringa and algae to be the stars of universal face oil. And, and how did you really- pick those two? Just deep in research, you know, as a someone who researches skincare and is a journalist by trade, I kind of felt like there were face oils out there on the market. This is 2015. And a lot of them used jojoba and marula oil, marula oil which are both great, but I felt like they didn't have those properties that really sank into the skin. And I felt like they left an, a more oily finish. So I was looking for something that had deep hydration, but didn't leave an oily residue. And moringa is known for that. It's also one of the most nutrient dense plants on earth. So vitamins A through F um incredible for just overall complexion balance redness inflammation and i noticed it wasn't being used widely in skincare at the time so i re- i wanted to find ingredients that were incredible for skin but also weren't widely distributed because i wanted to create something that truly was like a first of its kind And so mixing, you know, the anti-aging algae with the moringa was really the DNA of the brand. And so I came to my formulator with that. And then we kind of built out the rest of the profile. And it did take a long time to kind of nail the entire formula. But I think the harder part is when you want to scale up and you have to go to a contract manufacturer and then you learn all about a bill of materials and sourcing components and we do all of that in-house so it it was definitely a challenge there were so many learning curves and i remember that first year so we launched in 2018 so 2017 was probably one of the most formative years of, le- of actual business learning in terms of production for me because i had never done it before and every time every day i felt like i was being thrown a new acronym they had no idea what it meant or a word that i had never heard before, or finding out that I needed to have something else in order to get to the finish line. And so that was challenging. But now you kind of learn and you, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, one product so easy. Now I have so many more SKUs. It's so much more complex, but grateful for uh, the way I did it. Because I think launching one SKU allowed me to be successful with that one skew and then build upon that.
0: So as you were ramping up over that time, what do you think it was that like really helped you, give you the courage, be fearless and do it? Because A, it's not like a couple of months. I mean, you're dedicating those couple of years to building out this thing that you don't know what's going to happen and where it's going to go. And that takes a lot of guts and being fearless to do so. Was that sort of just part of your DNA?
1: Yeah. It's funny. Now I I definitely have more trepidations and I did back then because there's more on the line but I've always been pretty fearless and it takes a lot to scare me. I had no qualms about launching my line. I completely believed in the product that I created. I knew it was unique. I knew it would stand out on a shelf. I felt very confident about how I branded it and what was inside it. And so I really had no no hang-ups and there was also nothing really to lose besides the, you know, the cost that I had put into the business but at the at the time, you know, we only made one skew. I didn't buy a massive order of bottles. I found the bottles that we use as dead stock, so I only bought what we were manufacturing. And so, but yes, does I was, dead stock mean? Dead stock is where it's usually used in fashion. Where it's where, say, you know, a brand ordered blanks of a bulk of of t shirts and ended up only buying and dying, you know, ten percent. So then the warehouse is stuck with this dead stock which is completely usable, but it hasn't been claimed by someone. And I just so happened to find these blue bottles as dead wow. stock, which was an amazing lucky. find. I know <laughs> it was like, I went to all the different trade shows too. And it was just so serendipitous. And now it's a key part of the brand. And I work with the same uh, manufacturer to kind of custom make all the rest of our components now. But I found that it's dead stock. So I didn't have like, I still had overhead, but I didn't have crazy overhead the way that some people do when they launch a brand. So I think because of that, I wasn't quite as nervous and I was also really excited. So I think you have to have excitement behind what you're doing. We can't leave with fear. We have to lead with excitement. And so now I always try and remember that because I think as, you know, as you launch more products, as you have more of a name in the industry, there's more pressure to kind of keep outdoing yourself. And I think that's where the challenges really arise. But at the beginning, no, I, I think ignorance is bliss, at least for me. Yeah. I totally agree.
0: It's yeah. if you had known you, you may not have started in the first place, you know?
1: Oh yeah. If I, yeah, I, I still probably would have done it, but I think there's a lot that you just, you take as you go. And if you would have known before, you've been like, Oh, do I want to have that kind of anxiety? Do I want to go through that stress of that? You know, there's just all the things that come with it.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking the other day about how if and when the time came to start a second business, like, what well, what would it be? And you think about founders who have started a second business and you would assume they'd always be successful, but then they're not. And I wonder if like part of that is because you do know so much that you're not going in with the different mindset where you already know the things and you're putting up that wall versus just going in completely like unknown and, and making different decisions based off of that.
1: That's so interesting. I'd love to see someone who has the time to do like a deep dive of second yeah. businesses and, and kind of compare and contrast. Because I do think you bring up a good point. It's just that when you don't know, you're constantly in the state of learning and you're also like hustling to figure it out, where if you know, you feel like you already have it all figured out, maybe that changes the course of how the business totally. kind of presents itself to the world. So that's interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So if someone is brand new to the brand, what product do they start with? And kind of what's that hero product of yours?
1: Well, I created this line to really have every every category has a hero product because I felt that people were just launching too much and there were too many steps and it was so convoluted. So I honestly have such a hard time answering this question because I think every product is such a standout. I would think if if you're someone who is new to oils specifically, because we're, you know, mostly oil focused at Mara, I would say start with our universal face oil, we call it universal for a reason. It's great for all skin types, acne, oily, dry skin, it's so good. And you'll really see like the hydration and the results that we're really known for. Um, But if you're super advanced, and that
0: was your first product, right? That was your
1: first product. That's why I launched it because I felt like it was It was the one that everyone could take advantage of, and it wasn't kind of eliminating or alienating anyone from being able to try the products. Um, But the cleanser is also an incredible product, and that's something that you use every single day. So I think the cleanser or the universal oil would be a great way to start.
0: So at what point after you launched the universal oil, did you feel like, okay, this business is going to make it, and this is successful, and now let's go? and roll out more products into marketplace. What was that like first year? What was
1: that like? So the funny thing about the whole journey is that while I was really, you know, I was kind of like not laissez faire, but I wasn't like super anxious or, or scared about the launch of the first product. Um, I did kind of prepare to make this business bigger than it was. Like I had already started working on five formulas when I started formulating in 2016. And so I did have my second product formula ready, but I didn't start doing all of the necessary things like ordering bottles and making unit cartons and getting all of that together until after the launch of the universal oil. So the plan was in my mind, because I you know, I didn't have a business plan. by say, I a business plan or no? No, yeah. I know of I personally don't. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, no, I didn't even like go to business school. I went, yeah. I had like a marketing minor and that's like pushing it. That's being very generous with my business experience no i didn't have like a business plan but my mind was like okay if it, if it goes well i'll kind of like feel it out after the first month and if it is going well then i'll start kind of using the initial um, profits or not even just profits the initial you know money into the second product and order the bottles and the unit cartons and whatnot and so it was successful and so i started on the retinol oil and the idea was to launch about two products a year and we kind of stick to that we launch We didn't launch any in 2019, we launched different sizes of things. We did launch basically two to three every year since then. And that's kind of the general rollout what I try and keep to because I don't want to over inundate the customer. And there's also only so many products I want to create. So I don't want to like do it all at once.
0: So what are some of the other key ingredients that you're using? Or is it algae and the moringa and everything?
1: No. So the algae is in everything. We have a proprietary wild collected algae blend, and that's kind of like the secret sauce that's in every single product that ties it together. But we add different types of ocean and marine ingredients depending on the formula in addition to the blend. And then each product has a completely unique makeup. So some of them do also share the moringa ingredient. But um, no, like the retinol oil has 1.2% clean retinol. It uses four natural forms of vitamin A like K -K oil, which is like more dense in vitamin A than rose hip. Uh, We have our C vitamin C serum, which has an entirely unique ingredient profile with no moringa in it. So it has like really beautiful um, 14 different types of vitamin C in the oil Mm -hmm. form. There's 15% THD ascorbate. Uh, It's just really beautiful. And so each product really is like a ground up experience when we formulate beyond the the algae blend that we make sure everything kind of works with. So
0: so what's your skincare routine on a
1: weekly basis? Okay. Your so I'm skin is simple. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm very simple and everything we create at Mara has to fit into one of these categories. It's a three-step routine, cleanse, treat, hydrate. I do no more than three steps on any given day with the exception of mornings with sunscreen. So my my morning is like I cleanse with our cleanser or I don't. Sometimes I don't wash my face in the morning. If I don't wash my face in the morning, my cleanse step is like an essence to kind of damp the face because our skin receives serums better when we're slightly damp versus dry. That's good and to know. And then, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't ever put um, serums on dry, dry, especially if you're someone who leans really dry like myself. You should always try and, you know, refresh the skin with an essence or, a spray or a cleanse before a serum. And then morning, it's always the vitamin C followed with sunscreen. I love our Mara sunscreen. I also love a few different types of sunscreens. Kind of depends where I'm going for the day, if I want waterproof or not. Um, And then at nighttime, it's always cleanse, again, with the Mara cleanser. And then I'll either do our retinol oil or our lactic acid. I skin cycle, so I kind of alternate between those two. And I always end with universal face oil.
0: And when you skin cycle, are you switching
1: every other night or? No, I intuitively treat my skin. So the lactic acid for me, which is incredible, it's a flower acid algae serum. I find that that's like fine for me, like one to two nights a week. If I use it too often, because I've got pretty sensitive skin, it's a uh, chemical exfoliant. So it's actually like, you know, exfoliating the top surface of your skin. I've never done well with doing that multiple nights in a row, but retinol, I could use retinol every single night. And some nights I use a prescription strength retinol as well. Just kind of depends on what your skin type is. For people who've got more acne prone skin or oilier skin, sometimes they can get away with using an acid or an AHA multiple times, like in a row or throughout the week, but that's just not my, my skin preference. So all depends.
0: So when you are developing new products, how long, and I guess just for anybody who's testing out a new product on their skin and seeing like, okay, how, how is this making my skin feel and look, how long do you give yourself to really test and say like, here's the results that we want over X amount of time?
1: I think it depends on what the product is, right? I think something like a retinol oil, for example, that took a long time for us. Cause retinol you take, it takes like three to four months to see the full, like, scope of what you're going to get from the product. And you really have to be using that one product consistently to see it. So that one obviously took a little bit longer. Um, Same with the vitamin C. I think our treatments definitely take a little bit longer in testing just to make sure that they're really effective because efficacy is the top priority for me. Um, I think with products like a cleanser or which we went through a million revisions, that cleanser kept me up at night. It was so hard to formulate, (laughs) but worth the wait. But you can tell immediately if you like, yeah. don't like something on a cleanse, like it just didn't wash it right. And then you can tell afterwards if there's dryness or tightness, or you feel stripped. So that one, while the actual process was no quicker, I, I had feedback faster. So I think it just depends on the nature of the product you're creating.
0: So in addition to your skincare routine, any other things that you do just to make your skin look glowy?
1: Yeah, I mean like that's like all I do is just like work on it. <laughs> I look like, obsessed with wellness. The so like tear all of it. Well, I think a big part of it is sleep. That's why I use like the Better Sleep app and I monitor my sleep with my Apple Watch. I think like getting good quality rest is super important because that's when our body is, you know, we, we talk about cellular regeneration a lot for skincare products. Yeah. But your skins can't regenerate if you're not in if you're not sleeping, because that's when our body detoxes, it's when all of our cells turn over. And so I think sleep is really important for great skin. I think a really healthy, you know, diet that's consisting of the rainbow is super important. I think at home modalities are a really great way to enhance your skincare routine. So I love like LED light masks. I use the one by Dr. Dennis Gross, and I think it's amazing. Um, I do and love- how often,
0: how frequently do you use it and for what duration?
1: So, the Dr. Dennis Gross is on the pricier side, but the reason why I love it is it has like a three minute timer that's built in. And so I usually just use that for the three minute time that it's directed to use. And oh, I try that's and that's it. it. That's So nothing. quick. Yeah, oh, I was using it. It seems like it's, it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. I was using one from Amazon and like you could do it up to like eight, 18 minutes, I think. And, you know, I think the, the Dr. Dennis Gross is definitely stronger. You can feel that there's like more intensity to it, but I love the three minute one and done kind of thing. You can easily do it while you're like getting ready for bed or like doing it. I do it while I do a light meditation, which is really Perfect. nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. So I love that. Um, I love, you know, intermittently using things like gua Sha I think is really great for just anything that's gonna lift up, right? We're always going for like defying gravity. So things that go up. Um, and then I do love investing in certain skincare treatments. So I'm a big fan of Vivachi, which is um, a pretty non-invasive microneedling treatment that's really nice not a huge facial person, but, um, I do love doing like my own kind of like facials with my cleanser as I'm washing my face. And that's pretty much it. I think exercise, a good sweat's great for a glow too. Nothing gets you glowing quite like endorphins. So.
0: Totally. Getting that sweat in is amazing. Yeah, definitely. So as you think about building the brand over the last couple of years, would love to hear what your approach has been to really stand out because you have in this sea of, especially the last couple of years, just so much more competition coming into the world. And you're now you know, in Sephora and all those exciting things. So congratulations. And um, really, I mean, obviously your branding and packaging is beautiful, but what's really resonated in work, do you think?
1: Thank you. I think the big thing behind Mara for our earlier success was in the time of like the 20 step skincare routines, we were offering, offering simplicity. And I don't think that was being offered or advertised in a way that felt accessible and attainable, but also was effective. And now I think we're learning, especially through COVID that like less is so much more, you know, less minimizing your friend groups, even like getting rid of the excess in all you know walks of life, whether that's your skincare routine or your inner circle. And so I think that we're kind of in this stage of modern minimalism that we were really early adapters of and or adopters of, I should say. And I think that's kind of resonated with our audiences. We've grown like we don't launch a ton of things. We really make sure that when we launch a product, there's a need for it, that there's a first to market sort of aspect to it whether it's like a new ingredient pairing or a new format that we're delivering the product in. Like a good example was our sunscreen oil. Um, We're always trying to do things in a new differentiated type of way. So I think we're like a modern take on classic skincare. And I also think it's that heritage feel. I, I really hopefully designed the brand to not feel tied to any one era. Like I didn't want to do anything that felt millennial pink or that was neon, or that felt too tied to one specific time, I wanted to feel like timeless and unisex. And so I think it's those kind of qualities of the brand that I think people are drawn to. Yeah, it's
0: really is a beautiful, timeless aesthetic that you've created. Thank you. What's been some of the best advice that you've gotten either from mentors or friends in the industry? Where do you kind of turn to?
1: Well, I, I go to my dad a lot because he's been in this industry a long time, and I think you know a lot of not that like your mentors or mentees like you know don't have your best your best kind of guide at, at heart. I think it's really like your parents really want you to be successful. There's nothing in it for them besides for you to win. So I think having a parent that I can share and bounce ideas off of has been really important. And I think the big thing that it's not like the actual advice that he's given me, but it's something that I now do with my team too. It's like, we're constantly running through like our life cycle of everything every day. So like, what's the status on this? He would kind of grill me to kind of make sure I knew where my business was at at all times as I was starting on. And I think that's been really helpful because I have such a hands-on approach to like all parts of the business. So I think like that early grooming of just like asking me a million questions and being forced to like answer them and not feel like a loser. Like I wanted to have <laughs> these answers to tell him. I think really helped me uh, as i grew my business so it's not technically advice but i think being like able to do every part of the business and like learning it wholeheartedly like made it so important as we've scaled the business to kind of yeah. feel like i know what everyone's doing
0: and that is such a critical piece for growing the brands like you're the only one at the beginning and you have to learn how to do everything whether there are things you want to be doing or not be doing but it's you and then and then it becomes how do you take the step back and not do all of those things and delegate? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Which that's is not hard, easy either. No, that that's that's the hardest part. And that's advice I've been given that I haven't taken just yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> what do you <laughs> find
0: like, the hardest piece of that right now for you?
1: Probably the operations cuz I'm really the only one that's that's truly like in the in the weeds with the operations. We definitely have a position out for um, an amazing logistics or operational manager. But I think because we um, are bootstrapped, it's really important to know where our cash is going and one wrong click of a PO and you could be out for hundreds of thousands of dollars on a wrong order. So I think that one's been hard for me to let go of because it's so tied to everything else we're able to do, right? If we're able to properly time out our inventory buys, then we'll have more expendable cash for fund marketing activation. So I think uh, it's going to take someone I really, really trust to kind of give them the reins to do that.
0: Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, for sure. One day. <laughs> Will your dad ever come work with you?
1: Oh, no. I mean, he's like definitely, <laughs> like, no, he's retired. He's like been in this business for, you know, a very long time. And he still works um, as like a advisor to some companies. And he advises me as well. But um, no, 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 no. I think it's like, it's my thing. So
0: nice. So as you think about growing the business and and how far you've come, What would you say is an area that you've really grown personally or professionally or that you're looking to grow personally or
1: professionally? Well, I I came from such a creative job that I think I'm just impressed that I was able to figure out so many parts of the business and really impressed that I actually enjoy doing a lot of the operational sides of things. Like one thing that I I actually really love now is we took our business onto NetSuite a few years ago. And that's I mean, I didn't even know basic accounting. So to have like, an entirely immersive ERP system. be that That's impressive. Business. Yeah. And I actually love, love it. I like, love using the system. I love operating it. So I think that part has been really eye opening. And then I guess one part that I'm trying to think, I mean, I still, I still like would love to kind of get rid of like the day to day, like in a wholesale aspect of it. Cause I'm still very much in the weeds with that. So at some point I'd love to release that, but yeah, I love, I love the operation side, which I never thought I would ever like. So you never know.
0: I was going to say that is such a fun part about having creating your own business is it does open you up that otherwise you would have never experienced these different types of roles. And now it's really opening your mind to something that is completely different and out of your comfort zone. Definitely. It's all about being out of your comfort zone.
1: All the time. And I like the amount. Yeah, I feel like the You feel like you're uncomfortable all the time, but like your ability to handle uncomfort, uncomfortableness, like expands, So you can handle a lot more as you keep growing. Totally. You
0: can handle a lot more
1: uncomfortable
0: things and a lot more fires.
1: Yes. Oh, fires every day. You're like, oh, that happened. Whatever. We'll figure it out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Are you someone who is naturally like an even keeled person? Or is that kind of changed since you've had the business and had to kind of realize like not every fire is going to be the worst thing in the world and how to kind of get through those times?
1: I wouldn't say it was not even keeled because I'm pretty like you know, I'm pretty with it, I think, but I'm an Aries. So I'm definitely more like react, I'm reactive. And that's been something that's definitely been tempered over the course of the, you know, five years being at market. And then like the eight years in the game, I definitely felt like things triggered me a little bit more, like, you kind of have to release these deadlines that you've set for yourself in your head and have to be more flexible. And those were things that were really hard, especially coming from the world of news where it's like, no, you're going live at nine. Like there's like, everything has to be done at nine. Like the cameras start rolling at nine. Um, you know, I think when we have set deadlines for things and then inevitably sometimes products are delayed as shipment didn't pass through customs, you know, all the things that we have to deal okay. with on a, so I think that part was really hard at the beginning because I was so used to like you know, everything being so definitive. But I think once I started to learn that you have to just kind of roll with the punches, things got a lot better for me mentally and probably for the business too.
0: So, as you think about mentally, because your mental health is certainly a huge part of the business, your mental health, your physical health, all of that. I would love to hear some other things that you do. We know that sleep is very important to you, but some other things you do in your day to really optimize your life and show up as the best version of yourself.
1: Well, I touched on this too, but exercise I think is so important. So I literally scheduled in my, my workouts, like you would schedule any sort of meeting. They're like non-negotiables for me and they're not every day, but I want to make sure I'm working out. I love Pilates like four times a week was just the ideal time amount for me. And then, so doing that, I think is super important. That
0: started at the beginning of your day. Any morning is that first thing you do when you wake up or anything you do right away?
1: So it kind of depends on the morning because I do see a private instructor. So we, you know, I have like a set schedule, but not every morning is the morning workout. But so some mornings I work out. But the first thing I always do is I wake up. I try and um not look at my phone. You know, I'll like turn off the alarm, try and do my gratitude journal. It's very quick. Like you know, some prompts for the day before I do anything else to set like the intentions and things I want to achieve. And I think as business owners, there's so many things to do that if I define like three things I would really like to achieve by the end of the day, it helps me have a bit of a North star as I'm navigating all of the interruptions that we get on a daily basis. Like these three things have to be done. So I do that.
0: And are you Um, writing those three things down in your journal or somewhere that you can then like see again in the rest of the day?
1: so I do a gratitude journal in morning and night. It's just, you know, the five minute journal yeah, right now I'm using kind that. of like a, a bootleg version of that one that I got on Amazon. Um, I like the five minute journal better, but same concept in a way. So I start with that. And then sometimes if I have time in the morning, I'll do like free journaling, like more like free, write. But I don't do that every morning. I like to get outside and get some natural sunlight. You know, I'm big into listening to Huberman lab and, and Peter Atia. And I think getting morning light is really important for the circadian rhythm. So try and take my dog on a little walk. Uh, And then, you know, the rest is kind of history. Like it goes pretty quickly. Sometimes it's a workout, sometimes it's coffee, sometimes it's get to the office as fast as I can. And the evenings are kind of the same. You know, I I like to do sometimes I exercise in the evening and then the rest of it's just kind of like slowing down for the day.
0: And any tips that you have for better sleep other than your sound frequency?
1: You know, I would love to say that like, I don't look at my phone like 20 minutes before I go to sleep, but like, I'm not always that person. I think like, I wish that sleep is my, probably the hard thing I have the hardest time with because I used to be a good sleeper, but you know, I think business, anxiety, all that stuff kind of creeps in. I love taking magnesium and there's one called bio-optimizers. Oh, I love that one. Oh, it's the best. And like, I take two of those and like, I know I'm going to have good sleep when I take one or two of those. So that's probably my biggest tip. I think so many people are magnesium deficient so, cause we are not getting it through the soil and the foods that we're eating. So I think that has been like the biggest game changer for me.
0: All about sleep. I was actually just reading something that Einstein slept 10
1: hours a night and he took a nap every day. What? I mean, his brain was working so hard. He needed right. it. It's so. like, it's like he's, he's working with like a Tesla supercharger and we're just all over <laughs> here with gas cars. He needed to sleep more. <laughs>
0: uh, curious to hear anything that you have in your diet that that you stick to or don't stick to? Because certainly that's playing a role in how you're thinking, feeling and how your skin is looking.
1: Well, I like to intermittent fast. So I try and not eat for like a 16 hour window each day. So like, it just kind of depends on what time the dinner ends. So I try and then fast until that time the next day. Um, so the 16, 12 to 16 hour window, I try and do like hit 14 to 16 hours, though. Because I feel like the morning, while I'm a night owl, and I, you know, I'm sure we might talk about that in a little bit, but I like to stay up late, which is hard for me, because I'm just naturally more creative at night. Um, I've had to kind of like try and slightly table that because while I don't do my best creative work in the morning, I like I do better when I'm on an empty stomach. Like I, I feel like I'm better with emails I'm better with communication. That's interesting. Yeah. I just don't need, I like to kind of be slightly hungry when I'm doing work. I hate being full when I'm working. I feel lethargic. I feel slower at thought. So I try and kind of have all my important stuff like podcasts or meetings or things where I have to be on in the morning. And then after, you know, after I eat lunch is when I kind of have like, you know, answer emails and do stuff that can be a little bit slower so, um, with eating, you know, I intermittent fast and then I just love, you know, I love air One. I'm a, I, you know, a sucker for air One, So I love doing like wild caught salmon or I love their like grass fed beef. I try and do like high, higher protein, lower on like the refined carbohydrate scale, but you know, just like eating healthy, you know, rule of thumb, 80% good, 20% less good. Simple. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> It's all about simple. Life is pretty simple if you think about it, right? Like eat whole foods, try, I try not to eat things that require me opening it out of a bag. I feel like things in bags, like, um, like my chips and stuff are like a rule of thumb where I try not to like have chips or like foil baggy type things. I feel like it's in a foil bag.
0: I maybe want to turn
1: around, you know, like try and like, so that's kind of where my, my compass is.
0: Oh, but so as you talked about the nighttime being, The time where you are maybe thinking your best, getting inspired. would love to hear what that looks like for you and kind of how, if you needed to brainstorm or like get inspired, what would you do?
1: Okay. I love formulating when I'm doing like product ideation. I actually love being on airplanes. It's like a weird tick of mine, but a lot of the, I know there's something about like, what's your sign or what's your, I'm actually uh, on
0: the cusp of Aries Taurus.
1: Okay. So like fire earth. So I like to either be like up in the air. I'm a Gemini moon, which I heard that like a lot of your creativity comes from your moon sign. And something about being like up in the air has been always like a big part of how I work on products. But if I'm not traveling, I love doing it in the evening. I like being like nice and cozy with like warm socks and just like in a dark room but with like my computer. And you know, it's it happens at night. It's always at like 10 PM. Like I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling really inspired right now. So it's always in the evening where I get my best work done. I wish it wasn't the case because then I'm, I stay up too late and I wake up too early and I'm not getting the sleep. Yeah. That's tough.
0: Yeah. Have you ever gotten on a plane like intentionally not because you had a trip plan, but being like, I need to go and think and I'm going to like take a trip just to be on a plane.
1: I'm not that bougie just yet. I don't think I can (laughs) just just, like randomly (laughs) afford it, especially with the flight prices right now. Everything's so expensive, but no, if I can't do that, I do love going to the things that, behind the brand so i'll love to go to like malibu for like a work day on like a friday and like work by the ocean and kind of get inspired that way Uh, i think nature is a great place to you've got plenty of that in colorado i think it's a great place to feel inspiration too yeah
0: i mean it is the best thing just getting outside for five minutes i think clears your mind and brings inspiration instantly almost totally okay we're going to move on to some rapid fire q a
1: If you could have anyone dead or alive use Mara, who would it be? Taylor Swift, like such a super fan. And I just like love her. I think she's like saving the country right now, the country economy. So like, yes, Taylor Swift.
0: Has she had product gifted to her yet?
1: We have not gifted her directly, uh, but we have gifted some people in her in her circle. So I bet, using using I bet she's using it. I bet she's using it. I would it. love that. Taylor, if you're hearing this right now, you know, we'll send you whatever you want. But put it out there. You know, I love it. Put it out there in the world. Three things that you're currently loving. Three things that I'm currently loving. Okay. So I mentioned this already, but the better sleep app, I I think this one is like so unrecognized. I think people really need to hop on it because beyond the 432 Hertz, there's um, some other incredible frequencies that you can kind of take advantage of on there. So definitely give that one a listen. Um, I recently read the book Outlive by Peter Atiyah and I think he is such an important doctor and has so many insightful things about our own health that have been really just eye opening for me things that I didn't even know I should be testing for should be looking out for and so that to me has been kind of like a mantra for me right now. And the last one, so the th- other third one right now, what else would I be obsessed with? Well, I'm obsessed with our new product that's launching this month. And so that's been like really on my mind lately because everything's about it. It's sculpting, it's new for us, and it's a new category. So that's my other obsession. Too. Oh, I like, can't very wait soon. to hear what it is. <laughs> yes. What do you so want? Soon,
0: like, it, like, could you tell us?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on when it's airing. When are we airing this? It'll be past.
0: It it'll be after when it launches.
1: Okay. So yeah, I can say so. The, the third thing I'm really obsessed with is our brand new body oil. I have been you know, wanting to launch this for so long because body is so important to me. And I think it's a category that was under-recognized for myself for a long time. I was putting all these fancy things on my face, but was really neglecting my body. And um, really before... When we decided to have our wedding in Tulum, I was like, I need to start thinking about the bod because like, I'm going to be in a swimsuit during my wedding. Like what? So that's kind of like a, became a focus of me and, for me in 2019. And so I'm really excited to launch our first body product.
0: That's so exciting. I think you're yeah. so right. We just don't even think about that. And yet our skin is covering our entire body is so important.
1: It's our largest organ, but only like 3% of it's getting any love. <laughs> so right now we're we're delivering some actives to the rest of the body.
0: That's great. What do you want more of in your life?
1: Okay. I think I want more nature because I do feel I was at my lake house this weekend, which I don't get enough. I don't get up there too enough. And even though I'm in LA where we have mountains and ocean and stuff, I just think it like having time to be present and alone in a different space and nature is so important. So I want more of that. You definitely should get that. Yeah. Favorite words to live by. Favorite words to live by. Um, it's never too late. Love it. A favorite book for growth. Okay, so since my my uh, three things already had a book, I have to pick a different book because I do love that book. Let's see, I think there's an incredible book. So I think a lot of business owners specifically were always reading books about like self-help and business. And so I wanted to kind of, and I love reading. So I wanted to kind of prioritize stories that were about real people. So nonfiction still, but like that weren't just focused on business all the time. So one that I read recently, was called Mountains Beyond Mountains. And it's an incredible book about this man who kind of sought out to cure the world of tuberculosis. And his work in Haiti is so impressive. Uh, The book itself won the Pulitzer Prize. And I think it's such an invaluable read because it makes you feel like big and small at the same time. Because You're like, you know, small because you're like, wow, this person achieved so much, but also big because it inspires you to do better. So
0: well, that sounds super interesting. Favorite Mara moment.
1: Oh, okay. There's like so many. I feel like my favorite one's got to be launching at Sephora. That was the biggest dream for me. And that that came, it was realized in January. So that was so exciting. And um, there's one other one, but I can't share it just yet. So we'll go with the Sephora one. Yeah, Sephora has okay. been like, it was the biggest the biggest moment that, that's happened for me so far.
0: That's so exciting. And do you feel like you are constantly going to Sephora's now and just checking it out?
1: Like it never gets old. And yeah. I'm sure you feel the same way about your brand. Even like we're all over the place. So even if I'm going to Air One or if I'm at a Credo or if I'm, you know, at a heyday, like it just never gets old seeing your product on the shelves. So cool. But But especially cool being in Sephora because when I was ideating the brand, I would go into Sephora and just like visualize my product being there more, more than any other retailer. So it was just really a cool moment to see it nationwide in Sephora's.
0: It's all about visualizing that and then it coming to be and manifesting. And lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on
1: your wellness journey? My non-negotiable to thrive? Probably three minutes to myself morning and night. You know, if that's all we get, if that's like the baseline, I don't have children yet, but the baseline I think I can get is three minutes to myself to like do my skincare and just like calm down. I think that's like the most important thing.
0: Love it. Well, Allison, in closing, what is next and where
1: can everybody find you? So what is next? Well, we have our new body product, which is so exciting. It's out now. And you can find us at Sephora's or online at the Mara Beauty. And you can follow us at the Mara Beauty too. Amazing. Thanks, Allison. This is
0: so Thank great. You so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.